Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. Get up nation my name is ben biddick i am the creator and host of the get up nation podcast where i serve individuals organizations and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance i'm the co-author of get up the art of perseverance with former major league baseball player and ceo of lurong living adam greenberg welcome to episode 57 recently i had the honor and privilege of speaking with a forbes 30 under 30 nominee matt labrie He's an entrepreneur, public speaker, and branding expert. He's experienced plenty of adversity in his life and has learned valuable lessons along the way. From his parents' divorce to an athletic injury that shattered his dream of playing professional sports to watching his mother battle cancer to financial, educational, and professional struggles, Matt learned the importance of resilience. He discovered the power and purpose of serving others. He began to rise in ways he never had. He graduated with multiple degrees, He mobilized an entire entrepreneurial community and met Damon John of ABC's Emmy award-winning show Shark Tank and the founder of FUBU. After a five-minute conversation, Matt boldly told Damon that Matt would be working for Damon one day. In two months, that became a reality. For the last two and a half years, Matt has helped develop Damon's personal brand through different content initiatives, such as digital media, books, podcasts, and more. Matt is also the host of the Decoding Success podcast, which is built upon the principle that there is no longer a secret to success. The answers are out there for us to take, apply, experiment, and navigate accordingly. Matt dedicates himself to helping his listeners and fans possess the keys, insights, and knowledge to propel your life to the next level. This brings us to where we are today. In this brilliant moment where Matt has articulated his mission to positively impact 1 billion lives, I'm privileged to help include Get Up Nation in this building, who will be positively impacted by the journey and service he has to share. I want to thank Ashton Cantu, Life Mastery Coach, Speaker, and Philanthropist, for connecting me with Matt. She was guest 37 on my show and appreciate her service in helping others achieve the success they desire for their lives. Matt Labrie. Thank you for joining me on the Get Up Nation podcast. Ben, thank you for having me, man. Listen, this is a, a great moment. I'm truly grateful for the opportunity. Me too. I can't wait to share your journey with Get Up Nation. I really appreciated our phone call recently that we had. I know that uh, this will bring immense value to the people who listen to my show. Here, obviously, as you know, at Get Up Nation, we focus on how individuals, organizations, and societies develop resilience. Clearly, to be successful in our lives, resilience is essential because adversity is guaranteed especially for our young people today who are growing up in a world with so much volatility, rapid technological development and cultural shifts that happen with such speed that our institutions and systems often can't keep up or remain relevant. 
Let's talk about some of your adversity. Sixth grade, you experienced your parents' divorce, had to be troubling to, to go through that. Will you share a little bit about that? Yeah, man. And no kid wants to go through that. And when you're that young, you know, your your mindset really isn't matured and it's it's troublesome. You don't really understand why you know, your parents are going separate ways in life. You could potentially even think you're the cause. And I'm not necessarily sure if I remember that was one of my reasonings or, you know, something that I thought of. But, you know, when you grow up with people and, you know, in sixth grade, however old you are, I don't even know how old you are in sixth grade. But when you see your parents living in two separate houses and then you're split between those two separate houses and your friends that you grew up with in, in one house they're not necessarily around at the other place that you're living. So it, it was definitely tough, man. The way education was organized at that time was frustrating for you. In addition to dealing with the divorce, what was school like for you early? Oh, man, school was troublesome my entire life. So early, you know, I, I guess you can refer to me as the class clown. You know, I, I was the ringleader. Um, so I was a leader. You could take a positive away from it. I was a leader. I was just uh, a leader in not necessarily a good aspect. I just like to cause some ruckus. You know, I like to have fun. I was just on an educational platform the other day and we were discussing this and how I, I turn things around. But, you know, one thing that I like to note is that I don't necessarily know if I have a learning disability, right? I, I really don't know. I've never gone to get tested. My parents and teachers and faculty members of the schools I've attended have just always said, Matthew's brilliant, or quote-unquote, Matthew's brilliant, he just gets bored with the coursework. Cool, like, that, that's, I, I get it, right? I get it. But at the end of the day, a student shouldn't be causing trouble daily. You know, there's definitely something going on there. And that was my case, right? I was not necessarily in trouble every single day, but I was one of very few students who had a disciplinary sheet, which was called a checklist, where... I've had quite a few checks, and you get checks when you do things that you're not supposed to be doing. So, you know, that sums it up, man. I, I was definitely troublesome, and I was not excelling on that academic level. Then you discovered athletics. It was something you were able to excel in, to take comfort in, and an injury ended your ability to participate and to pursue a future in sports. So your idea of who you were and who you'd be had to change. What did you experience at that point? I look back at it now, and now that I'm a lot more mature and, you know, I have a different mindset, I'm able to look back at it. But in the moment, you want to know what? Like, I honestly didn't really care, and it, it, it almost hurts to say that because it was such a big part of my life. You know, I was uh, a senior in high school when I tore the labrum in my shoulder while pitching. All I remember is my arm going dead, having surgery, and then going through the rehab, getting myself back into shape, totally missing basketball season, go to play spring baseball, I go to throw the ball, I'm fine, but then when I go to throw off a pitcher's mound, it hurts again, and you want to know what, man? I legit quit on it. Like, I can't sugarcoat it. I literally quit on my own dream. You know, what I was feeling was probably just a little tension and scar tissue that built up over time, you know, and you want to know what? Like, I totally just quit on it, and in regard to, like, how I felt, like, Honestly, or like what I was going through, I can't say that I was going through anything that was like, oh, let me go home and cry, or let me go home and weep, or let me feel bad for myself. But no, you know what? Like, I was just so caught up in the moment because when you're a senior in high school, regardless of losing scholarships to play D1 baseball or talking with whatever college is right to actually get a full ride, you know, I honestly didn't even care. I just wasn't attached to anything except 
hanging out with friends and, you know, maybe drinking, which I shouldn't even have been doing. And, um, you know, that, that was the trouble that I was getting myself into at that age. You always had an entrepreneurial flair. You talk about a restaurant that you had on a porch. You had that, <laughs> that drive, you know, to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, man, like, I, I say that jokingly, but that was very serious in regard to that restaurant, you know. <laughs> I, I call it a restaurant just to, to put a name to it, but, you know, at 12 or 13 years old, my next-door neighbor and I, we were just looking for things to do. And it just so happened both of our parents went food or grocery shopping the same day. And I looked at him and he looked at me. He's like, Yo, let's start. Let's start selling some of this stuff. <laughs> so, you know, we literally set up shop literally right on our front porch, you know, on our staircase to our house. <laughs> and pe people that would pass by, we would sell them, you know, chips in a bowl with some salsa <laughs> or, you know, like some really random things like bananas or fruit and you know it, it was great because there was no overhead cost but the restaurant didn't stay open for that long and plus we definitely got ourselves in a little bit of trouble for that but um I, I always felt like i had the entrepreneurial spirit and i always claimed that i just feel like anyone from new york has it whether you're in manhattan and you know you're you're in the city and you see the the hustle and bustle or Listen, I, I even got it from my parents, right? Like, I, I saw both of my parents go to work every single day, grinding and hustling. And it, it just instilled inside of me a work ethic. The only difference is my parents aren't entrepreneurs. They're more so they're entrepreneurs. And they were working for other people. And I am really big on the Peter Drucker quote, the best way to predict your future is to create it. And I wanted to create mine, you know? And I, I dabbled with a lot of entrepreneurial journeys, whether that was from 17 to 24 years old in nightlife, or I had a startup in late of 2017, which you know only really lasted a month, but we got funding and things of that nature. So I've always been one to create. And you created a personal brand. You worked for that seven years doing business in the New York City area. I believe it was during that time that you had some success as far as you worked with award-winning artists and celebrities like 50 Cent, Fetty Watt, Ja Rule. Fat Joe, The Real Housewives cast, and more. You have described how you were successful financially, but you hungered for something more than just currency. You discovered the power of legacy. Will you tell me about what led to that transition for you? Oh, for certain, man. You, you know, you hit the nail on the head, right? Legacy is still something that I pride myself on to this day because, listen, when, when we're gone, you know, what are we leaving behind? Are we going to leave a monetary value behind that is going to eventually run out? Obviously, it could be invested properly, but let's not even get into that. You know, if you leave a legacy behind, for instance, one thing that I want to leave behind is I want the business school of my alma mater to be named after me. You know, like that will stay there, you know. So that to me is legacy. The mindset, it, it shifted. I, I lived my life complete, completely opposite at first. And as you mentioned, I did have a lot of success. When I failed out of college, I found myself working five jobs, one of them being monetizing my personal brand, which I consider to be my own business, although it wasn't an LLC and I was more so a freelancer under another business. It was still my own business. And I was hustling a bunch of other jobs and I was making a lot of money, man, you know, saying that very humbly. And I made a lot of mistakes with that money. But what it came down to was hearing an individual say to me the three words, legacy over currency. And I, I remember... I stopped myself and I said, damn, I am living currency over legacy. How can I change that? And I remember I was in college at this point and when I heard him say that and I remember crying the day after 
and you know, I'm being super vulnerable right now. I was crying in the business department of my college. You know, I was a business student, and I found a professor that I was talking to and kind of venting to and saying, hey, like, I just have so much more in life to accomplish than what I have accomplished. Like, yes, I've been financially successful, but I need to be able to impact lives, and I need to be able to really just help other people because I was going to school at a very under in a very underprivileged community and I just wanted to be the, the shining light you know I just felt like it that was my sign and that was my calling and that was what I had to do so that's what I did you know and I got affiliated with the entrepreneurship club and from there it was all history legacy started to unfold you got a, a profound response as you started to do that which ultimately led to you meeting Damon John will you walk us through those events, once you made that internal transition, blending personal advancement with service instead of just being, you know, about currency or, or advancing yourself, will you talk us through how that changed and what happened next? For certain. Now, I affiliated myself with that entrepreneurship club at my college, and what happened from there was I became the president, which was amazing, and I started to take over the reins and really take full control of what was happening there. We built such an amazing community, and... I'll tell you a funny story very briefly. I was in the Dominican Republic on my spring break with a couple of my buddies, and I remember getting a phone call from my school, and it said, CUNY, your college, right across my iPhone. And I remember looking at my phone and saying to myself, I know I paid my damn tuition. Why are they calling me? <laughs> you know, so I, I just couldn't figure it out. I really couldn't figure it out. So I answer, and I know Verizon's going to hit me with this crazy charge, whatever. Yeah. And on the other end of the line she was like hey matt uh would you like to meet damon john and i remember pausing for like five seconds and those five seconds i'm thinking to myself she knows me so well why is she asking me this but you know obviously of course i wanted to meet damon so i took the opportunity which was a day after i returned from my vacation and i brought my mentor with me and luckily i had that opportunity right we were in the green room there was only three of us um, and they were the executive board of the entrepreneurship club that were able to meet Damon. And like you said in the beginning, man, I had a five-minute conversation with him. I remember I shook his hand. He looked at me and he said, what the hell do they teach you here? Do they teach you how to break people's hands? <laughs> so it, it was definitely good vibes off the bat. And, you know, I remember looking at him and I said, Damon, I'm going to work for you, man. And literally two months after that, it happened. But uh, in regards to, you know, that shift in mindset, basically what I want to say is I was still serving individuals, but when you continuously do good and you continuously serve and you continuously put forth the effort and take action, things are going to happen for you. And that's exactly what happened to me. I don't want to say it was luck. It was definitely fate. You know, 100% it was that. I don't, I don't really believe in luck, but, you know, I feel like I set myself up for that based upon what I was doing in you know, how I was helping other individuals. That brings me to something that, that I love about what you're doing. You have a commitment to possessing a win-win mindset. So often during adversity, we're tempted to become bitter or self-serving. When we're hurt, disappointed, or frustrated, there's a temptation to retract within ourselves or lash out at others. It can lead to some really destructive realities when it comes to business or our personal lives. You've committed yourself to elevate above these kinds of concepts and embody a win-win mindset. Uh, it helps transcend adversity. It keeps us on the trajectory where we advance our own lives while improving others' lives. Will you share some of your perspective on the win-win mindset? Oh, 100%. Now, listen, you know, I'm a human being, so I just want to make it clear I'm not always perfect when it comes to this. But one thing that I do to keep myself on track is I actually wear a bracelet that says committed to a win-win world. 
and just keeping it real. Like I always, I didn't always have that mindset. In fact, I didn't have this mindset until September of 2018. So that was just a couple months ago. The thing is, I personally didn't not support people. I definitely did support people, but I didn't feel authentic doing it sometimes. I'll give you an example. Whenever uh, a friend would need my support, I would support them, but I would look for them to reciprocate. And I would look for them to, you know, how are they going to pay me back? And that was the wrong mindset. You know, that's not win-win. Win-win is do something for someone because you can and you want to and you know it's right. From there, I just realized just because whatever's happening in this world or, you know, you, you see someone else winning and propelling their life to new heights doesn't mean that your life can't propel those to new heights either. And the example I give, it's actually funny. I just gave this example on, on my podcast. If you've ever been to New York City, Fifth Avenue is famous for, you know, high fashion. You know, I'm not necessarily a high fashion guy. I'm cool with a regular suit. But, you know, for anyone listening, and this is a perfect example, on Fifth Avenue, there is every store from Louis Vuitton to Gucci to Ferragamo to Rolex to Breitling to whatever big name company you could think of. If those companies can be on Fifth Avenue right next to each other and still succeed, the perfect example of win-win. You know, like, right. that's the best way to look at it. You know, if they can win all together right there, anyone can win. Look at how many millionaires are in the world, right? Just because there's a hundred, let's just say there's a hundred millionaires, there's obviously a lot more. If there's a hundred millionaires, there could definitely be a hundred and one if there's already a hundred. So every situation is win-win. As you pursue your goal of positively impacting one billion lives, creating your legacy on this earth, what are you envisioning in that moment where your eyes close for the last time in this form, in this life? What will you have created that outlives you? Man, uh, the best example I can give you is, uh, let's just say, a Napoleon Hill, or, you know, uh, let's, let's even talk about a living legend, such as Tony Robbins. Whenever I think about that, like, those are the type of people that come to mind, specifically Tony. Tony Robbins is a real big influence on my life, and I really want to be of that nature. You know, I'm not saying I want to be Tony Robbins, but I want people to remember me for my impact. And I'm doing such things here in my community. I'm launching a thing called Little Free Library, which is something, it looks like a birdhouse, but it's a book exchange, and it goes in a local community park. You know, so on a community level, I want to be recognized. On a global level, I want to be recognized for a simple word, and that simple word is impact. And the reason being is because if I impact just one person, Ben, listen, if I impact just one person that's listening to this, that one person that's impacted by listening to this can impact someone else, and that all stems back to me. And that's, it's not a selfish thing, but at the end of the day, I just want to be someone of impact, you know, and I want that compound reaction. What it comes down to is, you know, it's defined in that one word, impact. Is there any message that you have for Get Up Nation, for people who are listening, who are hurting, they're suffering, they're battling with disappointment, anger, or frustration, they're grappling with injury or adversity, disease, what message do you have for them? Oh, I love this. I love this question. I, I'm literally looking at it right now because I keep it above my desk. It's Life is not happening to you. Life is happening for you. And I'll repeat that one more time. Life is not happening to you. Life is happening for you. And the reason why I say that is because what it comes down to is this. We're all going to go through events, whether they're good or bad, right? And 
It's almost uncontrollable. The universe plays a part in what happens in our life, whether we like it or not. And how we perceive those events is what equals the outcome. And you can sum that up by events plus perspective equals the outcome. And obviously it's a lot easier said than done. I, I can you know, tell you that from experience. It's a lot easier said than done. But if you're hurting in some capacity, if you are struggling in some capacity, if you need mercy shed upon you in some capacity, listen, ask for it, not to get all spiritual, but ask for it, feel it happening, envision it, manifest it, feel the joys of that healing and the, the grace and the mercy, and listen, just, just know that it's happening for a reason, and how you perceive the event you're going through is what's really going to determine that outcome. Matt, I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Will you run through these six quick questions with me? Let's do it. All right. Who are you thankful for today? My parents. And what are you thankful for today? Life, you know, <laughs> straight up, just, just life in general. And I don't know how deep you want me to get into these, these questions, but every day I write down in my journal, I write down three things I'm grateful for, but I always throw in a fourth, and that fourth is just the fact that I was able to open my eyes. And listen, you know what? I'm, I'm grateful to, to be here with you, so let me throw that in there as well. Awesome. And me as well. I'm grateful for your time today and what you're sharing here. Matt, how do you fuel the fire within you? You know what? I, I feel the fire within me, and I'm not perfect. Listen, yesterday I had a real shitty day. I'll keep it real with you. I, I, I was lazy as all hell yesterday. You know, I'm a human being too, so I don't want anyone listening to this to think, oh, you know, whatever. How, how do I feel the fire within me? You want to know what I do? I keep my why. I keep my purpose in the front of my mind. My parents are my why. My family's my why. My little sister's my why. My passion and my goal, which is my North Star goal, like you mentioned, the, the whole impacting one billion lives, that's my why. So that's what really fuels me, you know? It's like, how, how can I keep pushing forward? And as an entrepreneur and someone that does his own work, you know, I don't necessarily have a team pushing me saying, you know, go get it, go get it, go get it every single day. You know, I need to be the person that does that myself. So to fuel my fire, I just, I keep that, that desired result and I try and make my ambitions match it. What's one thing adversity taught you to value? Oh, man, it taught me so much. How could I only give you one? Uh, you know, I, I, the first thing that came to my mind when you said that was patience, so I'm going to answer it with patience. But um, listen, you know, just because you're in a rut doesn't mean you're going to get out of a rut within a day. It's tough. Like, sometimes you just got to stick it out. Like, listen, I'm in a rut right now. I've been in a rut for the past three months. You know, I'm trying to really dig my way out of it, I guess you can say. And I have been, you know, consistently I have been. So I, I want to make that clear as well. You know, you need to have that mindset to continuously attack that. But definitely patience. Listen, you can't rush the process. You have to trust the process. So that would definitely be my answer to that. And what are you doing today you never thought you could? Man, that's a great question. I guess it would be impact as many people as I am. You know, like you've graciously given me, you know, you're sharing your platform with me right now. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to add value to, to lives that listen on, in on your show, you know. And... I really didn't see this happening even a year ago, but not necessarily this specific moment, but just in general, you know, like, I didn't think that I would be hopping on other people's podcasts, but I personally didn't even think that, and I didn't even think that way, you know, so to be doing it, uh, it is quite amazing, and to impact people through my personal platform in regards to my social media, or my podcast, or at speaking engagements across the country, or you know, whatever the case is, even in human interaction, you know, that to me is something that I didn't necessarily think of or think that I could do and I'm here doing. And my last question, what will you do tomorrow 
that you never thought you could? Man, what will I do tomorrow that I never thought I could? I want to say, you know, impact those billion lives, but that might not necessarily happen tomorrow, but it will happen. I mean, that's just me being super confident about it. And listen, you know, I've mentioned this a couple times during the show, I'm a human being, so uh, I set a very tall task for myself by saying that I'm going to impact a billion lives. And being that I'm a human, I obviously do experience self-deprecating thoughts. So there are days where I don't necessarily think that's possible, but then I'm reassured that it is, you know, and very briefly, I'll tell you a story. I met a gentleman, and this gentleman gave me a gold medal from a marathon he ran in Honolulu, and he was like, Matt, you impacted me, so I want to give you this. And he said, not only do I want to give you this, I want to let you know about being that you impacted me. The gentleman that I ran the marathon with was also impacted because of you. And that goes to what I was saying earlier about that whole compound impact. And that reassuring, well, I can make it possible. So, yeah, man, what am I doing tomorrow? I'm impacting one billion lives. How can people learn more about you and your mission to positively impact a billion people on this earth? I am all over social media, man. I am at MATT underscore L-E-B-R-I-S. It's just at Matt underscore Labrie. If you want to check me out on my website, it's mattlabrie.com. Just Google search me. I'm around. <laughs> I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on here and sharing what you're doing. It's a special thing and I appreciate the selflessness of it and the amazing things that happen when you really seek to serve others. It's been a pleasure. Say thank you for the opportunity, man. I'm really grateful. Get up, Nation. What are you dreaming of creating today? What are you daring to dream that is so grandiose, that is so impossible? that is so beautiful and inspiring that some of your closest friends and family are telling you not to waste your time. Don't get your hopes up. Let somebody else do it. Don't work so hard. Stop stressing yourself out. Get your paycheck. Go home. Watch TV. Rinse. Repeat. Don't grow. Don't learn. Don't confront. Don't develop. Don't do that. They tell you this because it confronts them in their defeat because it communicates to them that negativity is never to be our norm. Because they tried once, twice, a hundred times, and they don't want to try anymore. And they don't want you to try anymore, so they can give up, so they can lay in it. So they can blame the Democrats, or blame the Republicans, or blame this, or blame that. Be the example. Be that gleaming light in the darkness. Be that flicker of action that inspires them to get up one more time. It might be the one that gets them where they're trying to get. Do it for you. It'll spark them, but do it for you. Don't let the gift of your life be tarnished by those who have forgotten the gift of their own. Get up. Get up. Lead the way into a bigger and more brilliant world than the one we have now. We need it.